0: You're listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Sports Radio Detroit is proud to present the Whip and Nay Nay podcast here on sportsradiodetroit.com SRD with your show hosts, Pete Spyback, Ryan Dickey, and Dana Garuder as the boys break down the road to the Kentucky Derby. And here are your show hosts, Pete Spyback, Ryan Dickey, and Dana Garuder. Hello to our Phillies, mayors, and Colts out there listening here to the Whippin' A podcast on SportsRadioDetroit.com. S.R.D. I am indeed one of the show hosts. I am Pete Spyback of iHeartMedia Detroit in the Metro Detroit area, and with me as always are my two co-hosts, Ryan Dickey and Dana Garuder. Gentlemen, hello.
1: Hello. Hello. Hello.
2: Hello. Hello.
0: All right, welcome back in, boys. Well, what the three of us do here on the Whip and Nene podcast is we break down the road to the Kentucky Derby the uh, first Saturday in May. There are 35 prep races uh, on the road to the Kentucky Derby, which run between September and April. And all prep races award the top four finishers and the top 20 horses with the most points will earn a gate at the Kentucky Derby again in the first Saturday of May. 18 American horses, one spot to the Japanese champ and one spot to the European champ. And the Derby will now supply also four also eligibles to make sure there's a field of 20 every year for the Kentucky Derby. That's what we do here on the Whip and Nene podcast. The Kentucky Derby is our baby. And again, we have 35 prep races on the schedule. So there was a race two weeks ago from Santa Anita Park, the Sham Stakes, uh, for the greatest uh, horse to never beat Secretariat, as uh, Ryan pointed out the show so with that let's send it over to the great dana garuder with the breakdown of the sham stakes
1: well on the sham sticks we had a mild upset as gunmetal gray from the jerry hollendorfer barn uh, rallied from deep and uh and pulled away to the victory with uh, a long shot swaino finishing second uh, the most notable thing about this race was, well, I should, I should say two notable things, was that the time was very slow, and so was the speed figure, and also the heavy favorite Coliseum from the Bob Baffert barn showed some uh, immaturity in the, game, in, the, uh, in the race, broke bad, rushed up, and then faded away and burned a lot of money. Uh, so that horse obviously needs to uh, uh, get his act together a little bit to get back on the derby trail. But Gunmetal gray was more of a professional victory than a, a real impressive victory. Again, he didn't run a very fast number, has to improve, but uh, he got those valuable 10 derby points. And with that, I will throw it back to the host.
0: Very good. I appreciate that, Dana. Ryan, do you have any comment on the sham stakes? Anything, I to- had the winner. Huh? I had the winner. Yeah, you did, didn't you? (laughs) Gun, metal, gray. I hope he cleared some money as well as I did. Very good. I appreciate that breakdown there, Dana, very much so. And so, you know, with that breakdown, we might as well get into what's coming up on Saturday. But before we do that, I would just like to remind everybody to log on to sportsradiodetroit.com, SRD, and check out the new look of sportsradiodetroit.com, SRD. The website has been completely redone it's uh redesigned and looks wonderful and you can check out the latest episodes of the set piece and out of bounds podcast and all the other great sports shows that sports Radio, detroit.com srd provides so again check out the website the brand new completely redone website again it just looks absolutely great so well done by those guys so gentlemen let's get right into saturday's grade three one mile and 70 yards two hundred thousand dollars LeCompte Stakes from the Fairgrounds Racecourse in New Orleans, Louisiana, one of Ryan Dickey's favorite places. Race 12 on your card. Points awarded on the road to the Derby, 10 for the win, 4 for the second, 2 for third, and 1 for fourth. A field of 14 horses set for post time around 6.49 Eastern Standard Time, and the weather is scheduled to be mostly cloudy with thunderstorms expected. A high near 68 with that. Let's head over to Ryan Dickey for his breakdown.
2: Well, we've been asking for it um, ever since the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. We've been asking for some derby preps that have a large field, and we've got a large field here. We've got 14 going to the gate. Um, I did not look at the weather, so when you just told me that there should be some thunderstorms, that may change some things for me. Um, I did take a look uh, quite extensively at this race. Out of the 14 horses in the race, I legitimately think seven horses. Seven horses have a chance to win. Um, I'm going to break it down to one. I'm going to come up with, with one horse that I like the best. But whenever I have a, a race that's this this deep, one of the things I like to do is I like to go through and toss a couple of them out right away. So that way I don't really have to worry about them when I start figuring out who, I, who I'm going to land on. So in this race, there's three horses that I don't think have a chance to win uh, the race. Uh, and then the alternate entry, if the alternate entry gets in uh, the 15, I don't think that horse will win either. So it's a total of four horses, I, th- I think, that will not get the job done. We're going to toss number five, Night Ops. Night Ops is a maiden going against uh, horses. Some of these horses have won two races in their career so far. This one's never won There's one. He's 30 to one 30 on the morning. morning line. And I don't I don't think that uh, he's ready to, to face horses like this. The next horse that I'm going to toss is right next to him in the gate, Hog Creek Hustle. Now, I'm not saying that Hog Creek Hustle for um, trainer Vicky Foley and Florent Giroux, uh, who is a world-class rider, can't hit the board and can't make you know, a, a trifecta ticket uh, pay well. But I don't think Hog Creek Hustle has what it takes to win this race. And then going down a couple spots to number nine, Mo Speed. I don't think Mo Speed um, and Mark Cassie down here, I don't think that he's got the... Uh, Requisite speed, I guess, to, to, to get this, uh, this this prep race for the Derby. So we look at the, the race and we talk about the pace. I think that because of the deep race, the deep um, entries in this, we have 14 wide. I think we're going to see a, a quick pace out of necessity. Now, there are some horses here that can get out. I don't see a whole lot of blazing speed. But um, I think if you look from the outside in, 13, Manny Wah should be forwardly placed. I think the number 12, Plooska Parfait, um, he's got out um, near the front in two of his four races. The number 11, Tight 10, I think he gets out. The number 8, War of Will, he should be forwardly placed. Number 3, Tackett has some tactical speed. And the number 2, Malpais, I think this is the horse that will be on the early lead. So you're going to have the horses on the far outside trying to, to get some position going into the first turn. And then you're going to have a couple stragglers on the inside, trying it get out. So I think there's going to be a, a brisk pace. And I think the winner is going to come from off the pace, um, which is funny because when I tell you who I think is going to win, it's one of the six horses here that I thought that should be somewhere near the front. Um, in fact, I'll just tell you right now, I, I like number 11, tight 10. I think tight 10 will sit back a little bit, not the, six, seven back. I think it'll be three or four, or maybe five back um, in the early part of the race. And if you look at his BC juvenile, he ran terribly. He just did not run well, um, hit the rail. Um, he just didn't, didn't have it that day. So we can put a line through that race. If you look at the other two races, he's had other than the maiden maiden special weight race. Um, he did come in second, both times with Santana aboard. He came in second to Cairo cat, who's no longer on the Derby trail and call Paul, who we think is a pretty decent, um, horse that should be on the on the derby trail. But I really, really like the progression here. He doesn't have the speed figures e- exactly uh, where you want them, but he hasn't raced since November. I think he's going to fill out a little bit. Asmussen's a good trainer, and him and Santana, they do pretty well when they're together. 8-1 to one on the morning line because we've got 14 horses in the race, and the morning line favorite's 9-2. to two. I think tight end, uh, or excuse me, tight 10, the number 11 horse, is the and um, the horse that I think is second best to me is the number seven Royland. He's had some compromise trips uh, the last two times out. He's adding blinkers here. He's the only horse that's adding blinkers, and I think if you look at how he raced in his other races, I think he really needs those. So maybe with the added the uh, added blinkers, I think he could have a good chance to get in there. The favorite in the race is the number twelve Kluska Parfait, and if you look on paper here, he might deserve to be the favorite he's a little lukewarm favorite for me I think he's got a chance to hit the board uh, even if he's seven to two as the favorite and he comes in second or third in your trifecta I think he'll still be worth some money and then I'm gonna go with I I met a lady I didn't meet a lady but I saw a lady on YouTube today and it was on Twitter and she is in love with betting long shots. And she says the number 14 admire as a long shot. And I watched her video and after watching it, there's no way I'm not putting uh, admire underneath. So for me, I like the seven on top with, or excuse me, the 11 on top over the seven with the 12 and the 14. And then after that, we're going to go right to Dana.
1: All righty. Well, I agree that it's a a pretty wide open field here. Uh, My top choice is going to be the three packet. For a, a variety of reasons. First thing is it's uh, it's a mile and seventy at Fairgrounds. Short run to the first turn. I think the horses toward the inside have an advantage. This horse has tactical speed. Michael Stidham, uh in graded stakes. He's run. He's had uh, horses in 21 of them over the last two years. 29%. Uh, uh, strike rate in uh, graded stakes. So that uh, shows you he can get a horse ready for a big race. He's using Jersey Joe Bravo, who's not in Jersey right now, but he, he and uh, Steedham at the fairgrounds are a 25% combination. So they're, they're always uh, a dangerous down there. This horse uh, won an optional claim in his last race by a neck, earned a pretty good speed figure. I think he's going to have a similar trip here. And I think that inside post is going to really uh, help him to uh, continue his two-race uh, winning streak. My second choice is going to be a horse that Ryan didn't like, who's was uh, Hog Creek Hustle. Hog Creek Hustle rallied at Churchill Downs two back, one a seven furlong sprints, even though he got bothered in the stretch. And then uh, they cut him back to six furlongs. He was racing behind a fairly slow pace ran a creditable third. Both times he earned some, some pretty solid speed figures. I think this horse actually would rather go along, even though the, the only race he's run two turns wasn't very good. I think that was just a, a, maybe a sign of immaturity, maybe he got hurt in that race. But anyway, he's got Florent Giroux, who's 21% at the fairgrounds. And so certainly he's got a good jockey and a jockey who knows this uh, track very well. So I like the sixth. Pod Creek, Hustle, to finish second. And then my third choice is Actually, Ryan's first choice, which is tight Ten, I do agree that uh, you can kind of throw out the Breeders' Cup race there. And if you look at his first three races, he's, he was always up near the lead. And if he can get up near the lead again, I think he will. I think he'll at least be stalking in this race. Uh, I, I have a very good feeling he can finish in the money. Another uh, combination here: Steve Asmussen and Santana, the jockey, are 27% at the fairground, so they're they're a good combination as well. But with that, I'll throw it over to Pete.
0: Well, I appreciate that very much, gentlemen. Thank you very much. I uh, once again will repeat that it is definitely. I agree with you guys. It is a wide open field. Uh, just to repeat what everybody is saying. Uh, obviously, your morning line favorite at Pluse and the 12 horse, is nine to two. Yes, that is your morning line favorite. But coincidentally. Uh, you know, it, it's this is really not as wide open as I thought when I really took a look at all the horses that were in the field. The this field is mainly a rematch of the Kentucky Jockey Club Stakes and the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Uh, basically, those horses, uh, the horses from both those races, a lot of those horses from both those races are in this field, but none of them did anything in the Kentucky. J- Jockey Club Stakes, or the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Finished either fourth or way off the board. Not even close. The only horse that showed anything in either of those two races was the morning line favorite, Plus parfait the 12 horse. So I know it's boring. I know it's weird. But I think this board, the morning line board, and the morning lines, I should say, are off. I think that 9-2 to two on Plus parfait is an absolute 100% gift from the gods, jump on it. I think he's not only going to fall way down and be the heavy favorite, I think he might go off at close to 9-5, to five, even being a 9-2 to two morning line favorite. There are no other horses in this field that can possibly match what Plus Caparfe is bringing to the table. I know it's boring in a 14-horse field to take the morning line favorite, but he's going to fall to either 2-1 to one or 1.5-1. One I'm pretty sure with all the other... Kind of mess around him. I think Paluska Barfe. You know, Ryan mentioned it. A horse is going to win this race coming off the pace. Paluska Barfe is going to be a mid-pack stalker. He'll be about seventh off the board, especially coming out of the twelve hole. And he's just going to sit there and let everybody get tired in front and just come 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 along late and do his thing on the stretch run. I like the uh, Dana's pick of the three horse tacket. And Joe Bravo, I think that they're definitely going to be there at the end, definitely leading the pace as well. Uh, regarding tight 10, I think that tight 10 also has a big shot. Ryan likes tight 10 as well. I agree with him. The only problem is tight 10 really just hasn't shown me much in bigger fields. He, he just really didn't do well at the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. And I, I I just hope that maybe, you know, Steve Asmussen and Ricardo Santana Jr. can find a way to, kind of straighten up Titan to kind of get him back on track. I think he's a huge question mark, but definitely at 8-1 to 1 in the morning line, you're going to make some money if Titan does come in to finish. He will be on the lead at the beginning with Tackett. Uh, so I really see it to be like a 3-11-12 combination to finish up the race uh, for Saturday's uh, grade 3, 1 mile, and 70 yards LeCompte stakes from the fairgrounds race course. Again, I will take the 3, 11, 12 combination. I really think the 12 is going to be on top. So if you want to key a horse, I would key the 12. As boring as it sounds, the morning line favorite. I would add the 3 and the 11, and I would definitely add Manny Waugh, the 13 horse, in there as well. Uh, I also like the 7-horse Royland. Royland also did not do very much at the Kentucky Jockey Club stakes uh but he showed some signs of you know really being a good horse with good pedigree and that I think he could be there in the end so I I really actually sort of like to see Royland uh adding the blinkers uh to really you know kind of come up and and be there at the end so I will I I really think that the 3 7 11 12 and 13 are the numbers that you should play with in this horse Ryan and Dana, do you guys have any more comments on the LeCompte?
2: Yeah, I do. If if Manny Wah were to be the three-horse or the four-horse or the five-horse here, I would probably like him a heck of a lot better. Now, I know it sounds weird that I like the 11-horse, and I think that the 13-horse is too far out, but I think those final two, final three spots in the gate at fairground for a race like this, it's just really, really, really tough. Uh, I think Maniwa was definitely hurt by the uh, by the draw.
0: Had he drawn
2: more for uh, better inside, I think I would like him better. Um, a horse that none of us really talked about is number eight, War of Will. Now, War of Will is the Mark Cassie horse. He finally broke his maiden in his fifth fifth try. He was on turf uh, for four of the first five starts, and then he ran on sloppy dirt last time. Warfront, um, you know. We're, we're, we're you're looking turf there, but I think that if you can find a horse that no one's going to really be talk, talking about um, in this race, I think War of Will might be one of those uh, dark horses, so to speak.
1: Dana? You know, I was trying to find a, uh, a a crazy name like I've done in the past, but I haven't, so I have nothing else to say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no Tone Lokes in this field for you, brother.
1: Oh no, not the time.
0: <laughs> I like how you come up with those, man. You're very good with that stuff. Well, I tell you what, boys, it's definitely a wide-open race, so let's see what happens on Saturday. We all, I think all three of us took uh, three different picks to win. Uh, we all sort of used our combinations, so let's see who does the best. And so with that, I guess that we will pretty much conclude. So coming up next week uh, when we do our show, we're going to break down the Smarty Jones stakes from Oaklawn Park in Arkansas. <laughs> I good <love> it. <laughs> good old Arkansas in Oaklawn Park <laughs> Texarkana style baby Texarkana style so that'll be the next race that we will all break down so, don't forget to tune into more shows and podcasts here on sportsradiodetroit.com, including Out of Bounds Podcast, Parsons and Slow, Fanarchy, The Set Piece, Mitten Sports Talk, Grave Discussions, The Laugh Track, Spinning the Wheels, SRD Ringside, Wings, Pistons, Lions, and Tigers, SRD. And don't forget to check back for more of the Whip and Nay, Nay podcast as the Triple Crown season progresses. So, thanks very much for listening. A reminder I am Pete Spyback. You can find me on Twitter at Son of USFL Dad. Ryan and Dana, where can folks find you?
2: Well, they can find me on Twitter at rdickey249. Dana?
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm at the D Garuder.
0: Thank you very much, gentlemen, and thanks to all our Colts, Phillies, and Mayors for listening to the Whippin' 80 podcast. Have a great, great day, evening, whatever you're listening. This has been an SRD production.